The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Hear the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio today. Leif Kwame will be calling in, checking in a little bit later. Got a lot to run through today and tomorrow before we hit the weekend. Uh, today I'm going to talk about little Derek Jeter announcing his retirement that 2014 will be his last season in Major League Baseball. Richie Cognito going nuts on Twitter yesterday. Uh, this story seemingly will never die, and uh, until the Wells report comes out, it, it won't. Uh, I'll talk some NBA, I, I, as well as the Syracuse pit game last night, one of the best basketball games I've ever watched. Uh, I'll talk about Syracuse, their national championship possibilities, even though they're number one, uh, undefeated still, uh, although by the skin of their teeth after last night. Um, and I do want to talk about LeBron James' comment. They were a few days ago about his Mount Rushmore uh, of NBA history, and I, I'll, I'll give you mine. Uh, so first, Derek Jeter. Well, first off, 888-346-9144. Call in, give me your take. Follow me on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. At Kwame Lasseter for Kwame and at Deborah underscore debris for Deborah. Like our Facebook page on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk and check out Voice America. A lot of good radio shows on here from all different uh, walks of life, types of, of genres, uh, lifestyle, etc. Derek Jeter retiring at the end of this upcoming season. I personally think he'll go down as the greatest Yankee of all time. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth. I understand uh, they fan of fans of them would have something to say about that, but I believe that with the media day and age that we're in now, and uh, Twitter and everything that people could potentially get in trouble through, uh, steroids, things of that regard, Derek Jeter has kept himself clean throughout his entire career. This will be his twentieth year as a Yankee, first ballot Hall of Famer. In my estimation, ninth all time in hits, 3,316, 312 career batting average, which is crazy. Uh, over 250 home runs. He ranks first in Yankee history in games played, at bats, hits, and stolen bases. So, won five five World Series, rookie of the year. So, I mean, this guy's this guy's pedigree is 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 one of the best that we've ever seen, and. His innate leadership on the field, off the field, his class. This guy is, I've had a crush on Derek Jeter for a long time. I mean, he is what sports are about, how to carry yourself in the the eye of media, not getting in trouble, just being an upstanding human being, being a role model. That jersey will be retired. He will go down in Yankee lore as one of the best, if not the best ever, and I, I think he should go down as the best ever. 
People like Derek Jeter are few and far between now. There are a lot of players, that, there are a lot of baseball players, a lot of sports players across the whole professional board in the United States. And it's, it's, it's rare to find somebody that you can literally say nothing bad about. Unless, you're, unless you hate the Yankees because of his play on the field, that's fine. I'm sure he's got a lot of haters that way, but that's, <laughs> those are the good haters to have. Shows you're doing something right. I'm not sure if he'll stay with the Yankee organization or if he'll go to the MLB network, ESPN. He can do whatever he wants. He might just want to jump off the face of the earth for a couple years. Travel, enjoy the fruits of his labors. And the interesting part about this is that last year, it was predominantly focused upon A-Rod, especially in Yankee camp with... You know, this steroid stuff, him him wanting to play, him saying it's not true, and then rescinding, uh, filing a lawsuit, suing the Players Association of Major League Baseball, and then now he, he just dropped the case a couple days ago. Mariano Rivera had to deal with that in his last year. Yes, he got his shining moment when Pettit and Jeter went out to relieve him of his duties in the eighth inning of his last game. And he got his he got his long standing ovation. He got his moment in the spotlight, which he doesn't really wanted over his career. He just wanted to win games and again be another class act, and, and that's what he was. Derek Jeter is this year is going to be all about Derek Jeter, and it's great. He deserves it. Not one person, not one celebrity that he's dated. Not one person in the media has had anything bad to say about him. And it's crazy. He's like superhuman. So many iconic plays. He was a part of diving into the stands. The little flip home to save a run in, in, in a big game. And albeit, I, I do believe that that runner was safe. But <laughs> getting getting into that position and, and, and making a play and getting the call was, I mean, the, some of the most historic moments. His 3,000th hit was a home run? I mean, you, you, can't really, you can't really beat what he's put on the table. And I think he sees the signs. I, I think that he knows that the Yankee organization isn't what it once was. And he's going out at the exact right time. Everybody wants to go out in the John Elway moment where you win a Super Bowl and walk off into the sunset. But he's given everything he has to that organization. And it's interesting, and I've said this before, that there are two kinds of players. When you get injured... You're either rehabbing the next day after surgery, or in A-Rod's case, you wait six months to have surgery. I think it was on his hip. Derek Jeter came back, I think, three times last year. You know, once came back from injury, got hurt, tried to come back, came back, did it again. He still loves the game so much. And it's 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 sportsmanship in its purest form. 
He's earned every cent that the Yankees have given to him, and especially in the past few years, in the past decade, I'd probably say, that doesn't happen very often. When you get that paycheck, everybody's everybody's performance seems to go down some. I mean, CeCe's still relevant. CeCe Sabathia is still relevant, but he's had a couple down years since he got the monster contract. A.J. Burnett couldn't even handle the spotlight. Hit a couple awful years with the Yankees. Had a great year with Pittsburgh last year. And I think he just signed with the Phillies. So uh, there's uh, the spotlight of the Bronx, of, of Yankee Stadium, can be too much for some players. And he's lived his whole career there. So I, I think I think that's fantastic for him. And he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer and go down as one of the greatest ever. And it's interesting. I mean, his numbers aren't... Longevity-wise, you're going to get these numbers if you're if you're a solid hitter, and obviously he hit over 310 for his career. Didn't hit a lot of home runs. He he's an old school baseball player playing in the new day and age, and, and he's he will have my vote if I had one for his first ballot Hall of Fame bid. Segway, Richie Incognito, this guy. Came out a few days ago uh, that he was frustrated that the Tom Wells report hadn't come out yet. This was the internal investigation for the Miami Dolphins to look deep into the the relationship slash friendship, I guess you could say, between Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito. It's taking way, way too long for for the for the investigation to finish to be completed. And Incognito shared those sentiments, and, and I, I agree with him in that regard. I definitely agree with him. He's looked at as the bad guy. He's trying to save face. And every day that, that a judgment isn't brought down, he's still looking bad. He's, he, he can't show his face in public without getting, bad, without getting bad stares, I would assume. And yesterday, two days ago, it ended up being too much. He went on a rampage on Twitter, if, if, if you haven't seen yet. First one, Dear John Martin, the truth is going to bury you in your entire camp. You could have told the truth the entire time. John Martin, you started all of this with Kenny Zuckerman, released a voicemail on uh, DSPN. Same voicemail we joked about with Brian Hartline. And then this was, so I mean, I, okay, fair. So you're frustrated, I understand that. And then this one is the one, the only one that really got me was, quote, fact, Jonathan Martin told me about taking his own life in May 2013 because he wasn't playing well, told me he felt worthless. That's something if you're a true friend, keep to yourself. I'm sure he told that to you in confidence. And maybe the friendship is wavering here. And, and from the previous two tweets, you, I mean, that seems pretty apparent. If there's such a thing as a low blow or a lower blow than what's been brought out in the media with the text messages and voicemails and everything and everything in that ilk, this is a lower blow. He's obvi- Jonathan Martin's obviously having a tough time emotionally and mentally. You don't need to pour even more salt on the wound. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious he did that. He ripped his attorney, Incognito did. I just, 
don't know if if I would let him into my camp to vie for vie for a job at this point. If I were a GM or owner of of another NFL team, obviously besides the Dolphins, because he will not be wearing that jersey anymore. On the other hand, he's a beast. This is the kind of guy that you want on your team, just so he's not on anybody else's team. Dominican Sue, same thing, not to the same not to the same uh, level, but in the same ballpark. So, do I think that Richie Incognito is going to get another job? Absolutely. Especially if this Wells report comes out and his name is cleared, it won't be it won't be a hundred percent cleared because this has all been in the eye of the media and and he hasn't had a breath without it being reported since all this stuff came out since he he and uh, since he was dismissed from the from the Dolphins and Jonathan Martin chose to leave. Do I think Jonathan Martin is going to get a job somewhere else? That's that's kind of a tougher tougher question to answer. You know his intelligence off the field is unwavering. Great grades in Stanford. He's had great grades his whole life. Both of his parents are lawyers. I'll talk about it a little bit more. I've got to take a break. Call me last out of Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Been talking Ringy Cognito, Jonathan Martin, the story that will not go away. Soon, I hope. <laughs> I said before the break that I believe Ringy Cognito will get a job. No questions asked. He's too much of a physical specimen, just a 
as I said, beast to not give a contract to. I mean, obviously he's going to lose some money out of it, I would assume. You know, wear and tear emotionally on the franchise, potentially. Jonathan Martin, now he looks like a whistleblower. And he has, with, with the stuff that has transpired over the past week or two. I'm just not sure if anybody would trust him in the locker room. And, and, and why should they? This is all predicated, once again, uh, upon the Wells report and, and what the investigation yields. I just don't think I'd trust him. Locker room is sacred. Just what it is. If you can't handle the locker room, you shouldn't be playing the sport. If you can't handle a little jabbering between friends, between teammates, brothers, whatever you want to call them, down in the trenches, then how can you handle the opposition? I'm sure there are ten times worse things said on the field from the team that you're playing against than what's said in the locker room when guys are laughing. I said this a couple of months back when this came out. I wonder if he really wanted to play football. Or if he was just bigger than everybody else, stronger. And it just kind of took him to the NFL. Just shows how mentally tough you have to be. I never thought that you could be 6'3", 280, or 6'3", 290, and not be fully ready to play football. I don't know. Just it, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not in his position, so I have no idea what he's going through, especially with the stuff that an incognito said about him contemplating suicide. I don't know. There's some, there's some deeper-rooted issues here that, that we don't know about. So we'll see. I mean, this report's supposed to come out any second now. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, it was supposed to come out right in this area. And uh, we'll find out, and, and everybody will go from there. I'm sure that, that all the GMs in the NFL are, are waiting to see who's going to snag at least incognito up after all, this, after all this goes away. Because this will go away at some point. It's going to be distant history. Especially when, when camps start opening up, when the combine starts. This is, this is textbook stuff. That it, I mean, we, we didn't talk about it for a month and nobody remembered what happened. So a year from now, it's really not going to be that big of a deal. People watch Dom Sue now. They don't think about it. They're like, well, he, he's a bad man on the field. And that's really all people care about. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Syracuse pit last night. I was on the edge of my seat. Syracuse going into the game number one in the nation. Pit number 25. Tyler Enos, rookie from Canada, or rookie, a freshman from Canada, hits a 35-footer at the buzzer in overtime. 
Oh, the 35-footer at the buzzer, sorry, in regulation, uh, to, to keep Syracuse at number one. What intrigued me about this game was in the Carrier Dome when, when Pittsburgh and Syracuse played uh, earlier in the season, Pittsburgh missed a lot of free throws. They missed a lot of layups. And I think they only lost by five. So they had this game marked on their calendar, and they did everything but win this game. What I did see from the Orangemen as a team, they play really well together, and that's obvious. I mean, I, I understand that that's a, a gimme because they, you know, they're number one in the country, 24-0. and 0. And also, they have some playmakers. And, and this kid Cooney, the, this shooter, reminds me a lot of Jerry McNamara. Uh, obviously, McNamara played point, and, and Cooney's a shooting guard, but he's got a really pure stroke. And having a guy like that on your team, ask Florida. The Humphreys kid, who nobody's heard from since, was gigantic in, in their back-to-back runs. He was an integral part. I mean, obviously, people remember Joe Kim Noah. They remember Al Horford. But in those championship teams... That Humphreys kid was a beast, and he was just a pure shooter. He stretched the defense, and you could see Cooney doing that last night, and and it it was amazing. He hit a couple big, big threes. Tyler Enos, listen to this number. The final five minutes of second half for overtime this season, 8 for 9 from the field, 14 for 14 from the line, and 6 assists, 0 turnovers. Being clutch is huge and widely overlooked in college basketball. Especially from a young kid like that. And C.J. Fair hit a huge three in the corner towards the end of the game when Pitt was up 54-48 with less than two minutes to go. I mean, this again was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. I think, Kwame, you there? Kwame. Hello? Yo. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm just talking uh, Syracuse Pitt last night. I'm going to ask you, do you think that Syracuse is the best team in the country, or do you think there's somebody better? Well, I think um, it's probably a handful of teams better, but Syracuse has been a consistent basketball team, coached very well, uh, so they are the best team. I wouldn't argue with that. We can look at over at U of A loss. They were number one in the country, number one in the country, uh, and, and what their schedule are, are they the best team? Uh, that's an arguable decision uh, or question to answer. But I think they do play well. I think they, they have consistency uh, as far as the unity of their team. And as I mentioned, well coached. I think the freshman last night was it was either two things. He was skilled enough to throw up a lucky shot or he was lucky enough to throw up a skilled shot. Uh, and that kept him number one. But when you look across the board of the uh, the, the East, the Big East, and what the, who knows what the conference are now, but when you look at Syracuse and and playing Pitt, but that's a team they play twice a year, so they know each other. So them losing a game and being and possibly being knocked off number one still doesn't mean they're not the number one team in the country. That's just like Kansas losing to Kansas State. You wonder how that happened. Well, they play each other all the time, so they got a familiarity with each other. Uh, but I think to answer your question, it, it, it'd be tough for me to do if Syracuse is the number one team in the country because they are undefeated. Their ranking says so. But then you look at U of A, who went on a long run. You look at those teams who are in the top five can are, can easily be in there with one loss from either team above them, before them. 
So I just think they got a consistent basketball program. I think they uh, they've always been in uh, the hunt with Bayham uh, under Bayham's coaching. But I hope they don't become that UConn team. Well, it'll be great if they become that UConn team that uh, lost early in the season, the last UConn championship when they lost early in the season, and they ended up winning the national championship. So it's remained to be seen that this team they play well during regular season, uh, depending on the placement in the bracket, or how far they go. Yeah, I, it's interesting to see because Arizona lost on. I mean, pretty they lost at a buzz, on a buzzer beater at Cal. Uh, I, I think Syracuse is better than Arizona. I, I, I mean, the ACC, which was where Syracuse is, is a tough conference. Uh-huh. Um, and the number seven team in the in, in the AP top twenty-five, Kansas, has five losses, and six and, and six and six through one has six losses combined. So I'm not sure. I know San Diego State, who's number five, 21 and one. I don't think they're as good as their record indicates, but they have great coaching um, with Mr. Fisher over there. They, they have great coaching. Florida, Billy Donovan, Jim Beheim, number one. It, but with Syracuse, which I'm always weary about, is they they rarely show up in the tournament. They lost in in the I believe in the first round last year to Marquette, or the second round, and. They've always been overachieving in the first ha- in the in the regular season, and then in the tournament, they've they've lost early. They had that one run because I do believe, and I still will continue to believe this, that one player can win you a championship. And you talk about Connecticut, Kemba Walker did that. Carmelo Anthony did that for them. He had help with Jerry McNamara. I understand that they had a couple big guys down low. I believe Akeem Warwick was on that team, but one guy can get you there. And now, when there's a lot of guys that just play one year and leave, and, and their head's not really in it, and and we've talked about this, they just go, just ready to go springboard into the NBA. That it's kind of muddied now because there are a lot of guys, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker and Julius Randle and this Embiid kid. I just don't know right now if there's one guy this year that can take you to a championship, and Syracuse doesn't have that. So this might be their year to, to win another one. Well, when you look at the um, when you look at the one guy, when he opens up a door, he opens up the door for a lot of those players who actually are pretty good. But when you're talking that one guy, you talk about exceptional talent. So he opens up the door for those guys to hit shots or get rebounds because you do have the double team. You know, if you're going to win a game, then you have to isolate that one guy, and it takes two players to do that. So somebody has to be open and be successful that night. When you talk about guys being one and done, when you look at the um, you look at the season that Syracuse is having. When they when they get this far into the program as an undefeated basketball team, uh, the the number one team in the land, well, some focus got to take place. Where even though they come in saying I'm here, I'm here for one year and I'm out. Now you have to refocus. Say, well, we can do something special. We can do something great. We got a chance to win a national championship. So here's where the focus come in. The players can get you there during the regular season, but I think um, that special talent in the player and the coach. It's where you have to win a national championship because the game plan, nothing changes in basketball. You're playing an opponent who deserves to be there. Um, regardless of what bracket they were in, they have some type of talent to get to, let's say, the final four. Uh, you know, it could be luck to draw uh, sometimes when we've seen that. But when you get there, you have an opportunity to do something special, and maybe the Syracuse team uh, will come together and find out, well, let's put the idea of 
I came here to go pro one year, which rarely happens. Um, I don't know if that, how often that happens in Syracuse outside of uh, Carmelo Anthony, but we come to do something special. Let's try to win a national championship because that would never be taken away from me. Yeah, and and it'll be interesting. I mean, with all of the parity that's happened this year, all of the, the top teams that are now not the top teams, it, I think it does really come down to coaching. And, I, you know, I, who knows? Who knows? Because Jim Beheim can trump most coaches in the in uh, in college basketball, obviously there are a hand few that are, that are in the same that are in the same fraternity as him, but uh, uh, we'll see. Because I mean, and in, in, on the other side of the break, I want to talk about Wichita State, the only other undefeated team in college basketball this year, and maybe compare the two, see if schedule really does matter, see if, if Wichita State should be a number one seed going into the tournament. Kwame Lester, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame on the line. We'll be back. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. I have a correction. I was thinking about two years ago, uh, Syracuse made the Final Four last year. I was definitely thinking about two years ago. But we've been talking about Syracuse. If they are the number one team in the country, as their as their ranking indicates, I mean, I I think they are. Uh, it's they're too tough in the backcourt. And CJ Fair is is a is a freak of nature down low, lefty. That zone defense is, has proved to. To get them through the regular season, 
It has. But if you run into a hot shooting team in one game in the tournament, they have no backup plan. All they do is play zone, and, and, and that's been obviously documented for ever since Jim Beheim came uh, became their head coach. I do want to uh, switch over to Wichita State. 26-0. and they're, they're number four right now. Uh, are they as good as their record indicates, Kwame? <laughs> I, I believe they are. We've seen games where, and it's hard to maintain that type of focus and intensity uh, all entire year, but when you look at Wichita and what they've done, they started fast, and these guys are still playing fast. They've had some close games where they was able to pull them out at the end, and some guys are just afraid of success. When you got a chance to beat a, a ranking, a high-ranking team opponent like Wichita, Wichita State is, they just don't get it. Done. They don't get it done. When I look across the board and see what these guys are doing, they continue to play the same basketball. They don't. And I don't even know if they have panic. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be number one. I think they're as good as their records say they are, uh, regardless of what conference they're playing in. You look at the remaining schedule for Wichita State. Um, they can run the table. What will be interesting to see for me is. Where would they rank them in a, in a final tournament? They have to get a number one seed. Yeah, yeah, they do, and they will. And <laughs> it's it, uh, the coach and all the players are embracing this this undefeated thing, like they want to be the second only second undefeated team in college basketball history. You know, all the things things in that regard. And I think it's cool. You know, it's it's uh, why not? You're playing with house money, anyways. They made it to the final four last year. Uh, they had a pretty high ranking to start the season, and then they just haven't lost. It's it's the Boise State thing, and uh, they're they're doing a good job, but their numbers aren't great. They're ninety second overall in points per game. They're one hundred twentieth in assists, and they're one hundred forty ninth in field goal percentage. So this, I do believe, lends more towards their record, more toward their schedule than how good they really are. I mean, they they haven't played really any good teams. They haven't. And and a lot of these games have been close. And I'll say this, but look, when you when you number one, you're right, you can look at their schedule and say, well, they got this team, they got that team. But Wichita State is lining up and, and, and winning these games, and why, why aren't these other teams beating them? They, you, can, you can blame the schedule, and I hate to do that because it takes away from the, the success of these kids or these guys who are playing when all you ask them to do is, Come to Wichita State, play basketball. We have a chance to win our conference, and they want to win their conference and at least get into the uh, the big dance. And that's what all, a lot of the, these teams, uh, collegiate teams, want to do is get into the tournament. That's the most exciting. Coaches get contract extensions just for being the the twentieth seed, and then we, and then the excitement of the bubble teams that having a playoff game before the playoffs uh, is even exciting and intriguing. But Wichita State, what they did was line up and beat. And they're getting everybody's best because they want to knock the undefeated team off. So they're getting everybody's best every time they line up. So if they don't fall asleep or have a law somewhere in the next five games, they'll be, they'll be an undefeated team. And you would like to think Syracuse will finish the season. How, these, how Syracuse come back after that emotional win, uh, that, that shot, that freshman hit, uh, we'll see, but they can be undefeated at the end of the year along with Wichita State. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference is that Syracuse has to go through the ACC tournament, and they're going to play a lot of tough teams in that. And if they come yeah, out, if they come season, out of the regular season, I'm talking. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's uh, Syracuse has a tougher road in doing so than Wichita State does. I will agree. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it really, 
going undefeated in the regular season for for the record books is is obviously something that's only been done once, but it, it really doesn't. It's of no consequence. I mean, getting a, getting a good no, season, they're, they're going to be. Uh, I know what you mean when you're uh, saying that, but it gets you to a spot as far as placement in the tournament, and you're placed in the wrong spot. And let's say you what you talk about, you got to play Duke first, even though you have a good team, but you have a good team in your conference, and not to make excuses for that conference or that team, but they're doing what they're supposed to do, and you put them in a uh, crappy spot, depending on, regardless of how good they've been playing basketball. Then they got to face a team like Duke, and they're done. Yeah, I don't know. I think they might be better than Duke this year. They they wouldn't meet until the tournament, you, obviously. You think but Utah State's better than Duke right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they have they have more. They have less freshmen. They have more experience. Yeah, okay, they were there last when year. They get into the playoffs, with Duke Duke University is accustomed to being in that playoffs, and everything's changed. It's like getting to the. It's like doing regular season anywhere. Regular season anywhere is regular season. The game changes during playoff time in every sport. It's faster, it's quicker, it's more intense. It changes. Guys choke. Some guys become superstars. Some guys become goats. Yeah, There's but Duke, Duke and Wichita State, State aren't. Gonna, they're not going to meet until the Final Four, as of right now. If they were to meet, unless they're in the same no, bracket. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about just the, just how well they were playing and we the luck of the draw. Let's say I'm just throwing out Duke as a a team that's always in there, who's always in that on that big stage. Uh, we could talk about North Carolina. North Carolina's not even ranked, but when they get in a tournament, we got to find a way to win. We, they won a championship. What was it two, three, two years ago? With a team that a, a bunch of young guys. Yeah, so I'm I, not just saying. I'm just talking about the big stage that Wichita will be on. Hopefully, they get in the right place. They get their first seed, and they can at least get out of that first seed, uh, that first bracket. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did last year, Final Four. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Butler made two championships in a row. Uh, they lost both, obviously, one to Duke and one to uh, Connecticut, which was the year that Kemba Walker went nuts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Wichita State will be interesting to see. I mean, and this is all speculation, obviously, at this point. There's a lot of a lot of basketball still to be played, a lot of jockeying for positions still still to ensue. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And, uh, and I, I mean, I hope they both go undefeated in the regular season. So, I mean, but I just, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Um, let's yeah, let's let's move to this. And uh, LeBron James gave his Mount Rushmore of the NBA. Uh, this was this was a few this was a few days back. Uh, he said Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson. Um, I, I I heard I heard on a on another radio station uh, th- they were doing this thing where you name your Mount Rushmore of professional sports as a whole. And it really intrigued me because I was listening to the people calling in and everything, and and not one person, everybody said Michael Jordan, and not one person said Bill Russell. And, and it intrigued me because Bill Russell is the most winning player across any sport of all time. So I think that, especially in this day and age with, with media and everything, as I've talked about a little bit on the show, that unless you can watch a bevy of film and stuff on uh, on somebody on YouTube or something like that or follow them on Twitter, then they don't matter anymore. Here's what I say. Uh, here's, Alex, here's my problem with fans. 
for that reason alone, nobody named Bill Russell. Bill Russell has 11, 11 championships. Nobody named him, but they only know what's right in front of them. Nobody's going to take the time to go history, as you mentioned, go, go watch a, a, a plethora of film work or film, old, old games, basketball games, watch how this guy went about his business, watch, the, watch how he watched the threat to uh, opposing opponents and how he just dominated them. Nobody's going to say that because they didn't watch him play. But th- those guys who's making this this build this Mount Rushmore is forgetting to put a lot of guys in there. A lot of guys could go in there, but how you leave out a guy who has 11 championships? Yeah, Jordan was exciting. Bill Russell didn't have social media. Jordan was excited. You got uh, uh, Oscar Robertson, um, Larry Bird, Magic. Because but well, you don't you don't even have Magic in there. Who was it? No, it was Magic. Magic Michael, got, Magic Michael, yeah, Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson was his. Magic and Larry Bird in there because of the competition and the media of, of those two guys, those two guys playing in uh, multiple NBA championships against each other. But you don't watch as a fan; you only know what you know that's what's right in front of you, and you only like what you like. You would you would tell me you argue me down if I'm a Bill Russell fan that he's not better than Michael Jordan. Uh, because you're a Michael Jordan fan, but that's what pe- that's what people do, and that, that's kind of bothersome. So it's okay if LeBron say he should be there one day. He should have aspirations, and that's his top four. Then mentally, he has something in his mind where if I can reach the pinnacle of those four guys that I've watched, that I know, and I'm sure he's a historian as far as the craft that he's in, then he's he's saying I should be there one day, or I hope to be there, I aspire to be there one day, because that's who I see as my Mount Rushmore. And yeah. that can change. Throughout the league, it had changed. Yeah, I, and it's interesting that the four that he picked are probably the four most influential uh, players for his game. I mean, especially Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. Like, those two guys, he mapped his game around. So, so I understand that that's near and dear to his heart. Uh, question for you. Uh, if you had to pick one player across all sports for the NFL, so we're doing the Mount Rushmore for all sports, who would be your one person that would come out of the NFL to go on Mount Rushmore? Walter Payton. Walter Payton. I'm saying that right now. Today. Yeah. Walter Payton and what he did. Yeah. yeah. All right, Walter Payton. And I said, I actually, I called it that show and I said, Jim Brown. I mean, obviously he, uh, he, he didn't have that long of a career. Um, Walter Payton's a good one. It's tough to do this because there's really no wrong answer. Uh, but it's just interesting to talk about, and this is kind of sweeping the nation now. Who's the Mount Rushmore? Who's the Mount Rushmore? Uh, so I don't know. You know it, I think I'm gonna do one. For, I'm gonna think I'm gonna do one and, and mention it on the show, uh, maybe next week. Um, I'm gonna do a football, a basketball, and a, probably a baseball, and bring it in, and we have a conversation about that. Yeah, we should do that, and and look forward to that. Uh, and I, I put Wayne Gretzky on mine too. Um, just because, hockey. oh, out of out of yeah, sport. just for every sport because it's he he superseded the game. He levitated above the game when he was playing, and, and it, not many players can say like the NBA. It's there have been so many great players, especially in the eighties and nineties. So many amazing players that it, it's hard to pick just four, and it, it's all personal. It's all personal preference, right? So. I don't know. We got to take a break. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Like our Facebook page. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter on Twitter at Clancy's Corner for me. Voice America Radio, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. We have Kwame on the line. Like our Facebook page, Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Follow Alex at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, at Kwame Lasseter for Kwame, at Deborah underscore debris for Deborah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Eastern. Check us out. We're on four days a week for an hour a day. Uh, starting to cultivate some things, starting to make some moves. So uh, be sure to continue to tune in. Download the Voice America radio app. It streams everything really easily. You can do it from your smartphone, and it just streams every show. It streams the show you want to listen to. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So we've talked a lot today. We've talked Derek Jeter, talked Richie Incognito, talked Syracuse, talked Wichita State, talked LeBron James a little bit. Uh, I do want to finish, and this is kind of a weird thing to finish on, but Sean White finishes fourth in the half-pipe competition in the Olympics. And this was after he pulled out of the slope style because he wanted to prepare for his potential third gold medal in the half-pipe in a row. Um, What intrigued me about this was that he didn't win, (laughs) obviously. He didn't didn't medal. He didn't... I mean, he slipped, he fell, and uh, he he tried a movie he never tried before. And... It begged the question, to some people, is he done? And I think that's ridiculous. Uh, he's got at least one more Olympics in him. Um, should he have cut his hair? Probably not, because the flying tomato things uh, is kind of distant history. Um, but the big one is, are sponsors going to move away from him now? Are they going to go start to seek other younger talent and just kind of grandfather him in, in into the Hall of Fame and... and and kind of and kind of back off a little bit with the sponsorship money, especially if he's only if he's only a one trick pony now. So I know that he pretty much invented succeeding 
in in the half pipe, super pipe, whatever you call it, in the X Games and Olympics. But do you think that sponsors now will kind of shy away from him, Kwame? Not not fully, but but start to kind of teeter back on it and not maybe give him the money that they used to and give him the sponsorship deals that they used to. No, not at all. I think uh, Sean White is still young enough where he get an opportunity uh, to play in a lot of more uh, a lot more events uh, as far as uh, uh, Olympics. Uh, a lot of a lot of games where I've I've seen him actually down in uh in um Carlsbad in Carlsbad in Dominguez, California. Um but I don't think the sponsors will pull out. He's still a talent. I think Sean White made an executive decision. I don't think he was in it once he found out what kind of snow was there, what how guys were getting hurt initially and to put himself in danger would be crazy, especially when it is a business as as well. Um and I know he's representing Sean White first and then the United States. That has to be the way it has to be be done because if you're not able to perform or be on a on that big stage, then it doesn't matter uh, what the sponsors are going to do. They'd rather have you on there, and you had to make an executive decision as far as how how well and, and how safe that that snow was for him. So I don't think the sponsors will back out at all. Well, it wasn't safe for him, but it was safe for everybody else. Yeah, well, that's what he felt. Sean, I, I don't know what it feels like to him. I know that was just one of the uh, comments made. I don't know what it feels like to him. I don't snowboard. I don't do all his tricks and and how it feel, how he wanted to feel. Some guy, some guys just not going to do certain things as far as what well, his track don't feel right, or this uh, field don't right. I remember a football game in uh, in Philadelphia. We teams didn't play because their turf didn't feel right, so they didn't play. They didn't want to endanger their career for the sake of ownership or fans or sponsors. Um, playing on a bad turf so i can't answer how it was for everybody else as opposed to him and and i did mention that it just didn't look like he was into it all the comments i i've heard yeah because he wasn't the best because he wasn't the best in that com- in that in that field so you don't compete because you're not the best in the field to no, you at two u.s that's people that's crazy to do if you're a competitor i don't care who's the best you go and compete you right so why didn't he huh because he was hurt i i just don't i i don't know how you're I don't know how you're healthy enough to be to do the half pipe, but you're not healthy enough to do the slope style. Yeah, if you know. truly I, I believe I that you're not the best in that it, it, the best in that field for that competition, but isn't that what competing is all about? I, I mean, I truly exactly, think that this exactly is exactly what competing is all about. So I don't know if, if um, it, it would be crazy to think, or it would be crazy if it happened. Also, that if he didn't compete because he knew he wasn't the best, he didn't have a chance to win. That would be real crazy. For if, and if I was sponsoring him. I would definitely snatch it for that or, or, or put him to the side and see what his goal, his focus are now at this point in his career. I still think he's a great talent where he can go out there and still get things done, still marketable, still um, um, can be in a lot of events and win a lot more, a lot more events. Yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's kind of karma that he didn't win the gold in, in half pipe because he didn't compete in the other one. That's just me, though, personally. I just, I mean, it's... It, if you're going to integrate, and and he's the number one, he's the most well-known athlete at the Olympics around the world, I would assume. I don't know if that's geocentric of me to think, but I truly believe that, that that's what it is. And the Olympics are bigger than you. They, I mean, they are. They're for your country. So I, I don't think that that pulling out of something is necessarily the right thing to do. If you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Well, let me say this. Let me ask you this. You say 
the Olympics and it's for your country. The Olympics is a big stage. You say it's for your country. Well, there's a guy for the United States didn't have. He had to save up every penny he had to get to get there. Why his country didn't pay for him to get there so he can represent his country? So I really don't believe that. If that was, if that's the case. I do believe the Olympics is a huge stage. It's a big stage. It is our Super Bowl, uh, uh, World Series. It is, it, is, it is those things. But if you're representing your country, you're telling me there's no way in the world uh, athletic, any athletic board or the, the national athletic board cannot find a way to get that guy there. That He had to pawn everything he owned just to get to the Olympics. I know that was his dream, and it was done the way it was supposed to be done. His dream is passion. You find a way to get there. You find a way to reach those. But I, I would like to think if I'm doing this for my country as well as myself, then there would have been some assistance somewhere to get me there. Yeah, I mean, that. I guess that's more of a, uh, that, that's another, once you get, okay, so that, yes, fine. I mean, that's an outlier for, for my point. I understand, but once you're there, you are a part of a team. It doesn't matter what event you're in, you're a part of a team. The U.S. United States team, the Russian team. So saying, you know, just because I'm not going to win gold, so I'm not going to compete in this, you can blame it. I mean, I know he's been banged up. He's been banged up for the past couple of years with different things. So either compete in both or don't compete in either. Show how if you're really injured, you're really injured. You know, it's hard for, it's hard for me. as um, You know, I think, cause I think he's a world-class athlete. And it's hard for me to just like immediately, like right now, look at him and say that um, he he like you, you see your favorite players take a playoff. It's like did he take a playoff? It's hard for me to say a champion or a world class athlete uh, don't compete because you don't feel like he's going to win. Now I understand not competing because you you've uh, you've hurt. I don't compete. I don't uh, think you if you injured, injured and hurt to me is, is two different things, but. If you're out there and you're doing one event opposed to another, see, again, I don't know what the snow was. I don't know what the conditions are. And I know other guys competed in there. I know we had some guys, uh, as far as wanting to win gold, and we see their determination, went to Sochi last year to even just get a feel of the uh, mountains and get a feel of the snow and the different tracks out there. So I don't know um, why Sean White didn't do it or why he couldn't do it. I don't, I don't know if he you know, if he just felt like he can win, then we have to evaluate who he, who this guy really is. But I'm not ready to do that right now because I think he's still a champion. I think he's still marketable. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, I didn't really look like he was into it just from all the comments and the communications that I heard about. It was one thing after another. So I didn't really think he was into it. If you're going to be there and do it, you just go get it done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder. He hasn't really had much adversity in in his uh in his uh career career well his work career I don't know about his personal life which is fine but he's always been on top so now if he bounces back he comes back to the next, to uh, winter olympics in 4 years then and wins gold and that'll be a great way to go out I just don't know if what if, what if we never hear from him again with regards to winning medals I mean the X games are the X games the talent level I guess is there still but it's not the Olympics. So you can win as many medals as you want in the, as you can in the X Games, but it's not the Olympics. So we'll see what happens if, if he if he's going to do it in four years. If he competes in the slope style, if they have another event that nobody's even made up yet, I mean, who knows? Uh, but we we got a jet. Uh, we got about thirty seconds. At Kwame Lasseter, at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, like our Facebook page, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Download the Voice America Radio app. 
Carmen Lasseter Sports Talk, Voice Talk America. Voice Talk America. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.